Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year breast cancer survivor, certified life coach, and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And this is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends, which we started 17 years ago, and we're still going strong. So um, last night, I wanted, excuse me, to just kind of share a quick little message with you. Last night, we had our annual open house. Um, We do this every year in November, and we have great supporters and sponsors at that event. And You know, we are so thankful as we're coming into November now, and, you know, this is when people start to really, I guess, focus their thoughts toward being grateful. And I just want to share with you, and I know Sharon agrees wholeheartedly, we could not do what we do without our community of supporters. And we had some fundraising events in October. We call them third-party events because we don't really have to do anything except help promote and we had our partners that did those events come to our open house last night, and they brought their checks that uh, for the money that they raised. And uh, Sharon, I, I've just never seen anything like it. <laughs> it was, I know it was pretty amazing. Wasn't it was it? Yeah. so much yeah. fun, and you know we're just we're just so thankful that we have all of those supporters in our life, and we're also really thankful for all of the patients that come to us through our website, through referral, through however they get to us. We're so thankful that they really reach out to breast friends and realize that we do have something to offer them. And, you know, Sharon, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Well, I, I just wanted so to say something too, because, you know, building community is what breast friends is really all about. And obviously, yeah. you know, the financial partners and, and supporters that we have are just amazing, but just building a community, just building this safe place for people to come we had people there that we served eight, not, you know, I mean, several, several years ago, you know, lots of those people. And they're still connected. They're still part of our amazing community. And they may not, <clears throat> excuse me, they may not be involved like every month, but they still are connected and they feel that Breast Friends is their community. So I feel very blessed about that. (laughs) I do too. And you know that little tickle in your throat? I have one too. I think it's from trying to do all those announcements last night without a Oh, I know. We we talked our brains (laughs) off last night. Yes, yes, definitely. We we really did. But it was so much fun. And, you know, I I have to say there's a group here in Portland called the Portland Beardsmen. And they are a phenomenal group of guys with beards and their girlfriends join too. And And, tutus. And they wear tutus. (laughs) So last night we're at our open house and, and Sharon's husband had gone down outside to help somebody put a box in her car. And he comes back up and he goes, you know, there's a bunch of people wearing tutus hanging around outside (laughs) 7-Eleven. And we thought, well, they must be the beardsmen because no one else does that. And so he went out and got them and brought them up. And there were 15 of them dressed in amazing outfits. And these are people that have supported us for so long and in so many ways. We love them to death. And they just came to kind of crash the party. And they, you know, I was so touched. They brought me flowers and a card. Um, Yep. 
just to kind of recognize the treatment that I'm going through right now. But but they support and love Breast Friends just and we love them back. So and they're one of know. our third-party fundraisers, too. They did an amazing event in May for Mother's Day where they would deliver flowers for ladies, and then the delivery fee came to Breast Friends. So it was and pretty amazing, too. Tutus, of course, when they made those deliveries. <laughs> I know, with the tutus, of course, and their beards. <laughs> well, let's get on with our program because we've got a really great guest, Sharon. I'll let you introduce her t- Absolutely. today. Absolutely. So our guest today is Margaret. Is it... DeBurn? I've, I've, sorry, I didn't. DeBrian. DeBrian, thank you so sorry. And as, no, 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 everybody does that. You're all good. (laughs) Good, good, good. So, as a survivor, Margaret, Margaret specializes in cancer exercise and is a certified pink ribbon breast cancer rehabilitation specialist. Wow, that's a mouthful, among many other things. But she will be talking about healing your whole self after breast cancer. So welcome, Margaret. Well, thank you very much, and I really appreciate that. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're just really glad to have you on our show today, Margaret. So. Yeah. Thank Why don't you, you share a little bit of your story with our audience, and then we can kind of uh, move on to your your topic. Okay, sounds great. So I uh, I was a child who grew up with a mother who had cancer. Uh, my mom mm-hmm. had breast cancer when I was nine, and we almost lost her then. And so I had I learned about cancer really young, um, and from then on, my whole my mother's whole side of the family has basically all the women have had breast cancer. Ironically enough, none of us have tested positive for um, the BRCA, uh, on the genetic testing. <clears throat> and so I got to an age where I was getting, um, where my mom got it, and uh, she was the youngest one to get it on her side of the family. And so um, I was 42, and at that stage I thought, hmm, I better check in with my oncologist because when I was 26 I had had uterine cancer. Oh boy. And so I checked in with my oncologist, and she's like, I don't know how attached you are to those tatas, but I think we might need to get rid of them. <laughs> and, There's a way to say it, huh? Yeah. You know, and she's, well, I, God love her. She's this, you know, kind of, she's one of those German doctors who's, you know, you feel, uh, she's, she's very, she's very to the point. And um, at that yeah. point, I, you know, when you, when you've grown up around cancer, you've had cancer, all of a sudden, something that, you know, you don't really think about, oh, my goodness, these breasts are these things that I want to keep forever and ever, and I'm going to, you know, go to the end of the world, because I really did watch, you know, my mom struggle for her life. And so, um, at that point, uh, you know, it, it took me three months to see her, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a nice long time to get through the surgeon and the plastic surgeon, and wow, within three and a half weeks, I had had my surgery. Um, originally, we went in, and it, the thought was that it was going to be prophylactic, um, and it was going to be a bilateral uh, mastectomy. When they went in, they found some precancerous cells, and they were not something that they wanted to leave there. <laughs> um, they were not something that was probably going to develop into a lump that would be detected uh, somewhere down the road uh, via, you know, um, a scan or something. And so at that point, it went from we're going to do a prophylactic mastectomy to a radical mastectomy. Uh, And from there, they went on to attempt to do some reconstruction at that time. Um, and they put an implant in, a small implant. I, have a, I had very large breasts, and I have a very large uh, 
cavity, breast cavity. And so they, rather than sticking in expanders, they were able to stick in a, an implant. Um, and when I came out of surgery, we, you know, we thought it was good. He told me, my plastic surgeon said, hey, we're going to be able to come back and we're going to do one more surgery. We're going to fix it all up and then you're going to, life's going to be like it was before. Yeah, um, right. And I, you know, <laughs> you, isn't that the big joke? Life is going to yeah, be like it, it was before. I mean, you're just yeah. going to be missing nipples, but life's going to be, you're going to have great breasts like you did before. Okay. And um, from there, I went on to have four more reconstruction surgeries. Oh, uh, and then in the end, I ended up having two deconstruction surgeries. Um, my body ended up rejecting the implants because of some issues when I did the hysterectomy when I had uterine cancer. I cannot have a flap surgery, um, and my body rejected fat grafting, and oh, it's, it's, <laughs> my body just doesn't like this stuff. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, it doesn't like any of that foreign stuff, huh? Right, so this whole thing that you're going to have surgery and look, you know, like you were, and you're going to feel like you were, kind of um, didn't happen, and I think one of the things that happened to me was after all these surgeries, they were like, great, have a nice day, wait eight weeks, and then you can go back to the gym. And oh it's like, oh, okay. And after my mastectomy, my surgeon uh, said, you know, do the spider crawls up the wall with your arm. But, you know, your range of motion and everything should be fine. Well, one of the things that happened to me was my plastic surgeon said, at eight weeks, you're good to go to get back in the gym. Well, I couldn't shut a car door. And he oh said, my. well, you can't go to the gym until you can shut a car door. And what had happened is they had taken my pec majors, um, but they'd also cut into my pec minor on my left side. And so still today, I can't pull fully. It looks the same. I can go to the gym and I can bench a very heavy amount of weight. I can do everything I could in the gym. I can do a weighted, you know, chin-up. But I can't shut a door with this one hand fully. Um, and I realized at that point this isn't so simple and that I – my doctors are sweet and wonderful, and I had great doctors, but when they're done, they're done. Yeah. But my body yeah. wasn't done. Yeah. And so it really um, led me, uh, as in my Pilates work, to start to want to find better solutions. Mm-hmm. And I had been traditionally trained as a Pilates instructor, um, and then from there, I um, realized that that wasn't working. And so I went to a wonderful gentleman um, called Trent McIntyre, um, and he started to teach me how to use Pilates as rehabilitation to really help the body heal um, and help it, I guess I would say, release. Not just mm-hmm. as exercise, but, but to, to help you reconnect with your body and um, a lot of tears were shed. <laughs> mm, I bet. I bet. And well, you so I learned a oh, lot. I'm, I'm sorry, Sharon. I, Go ahead. No, I was just going to yeah. pass it on to you. Oh. <laughs> so uh, hearing what you're talking about, you know, our theme today is is healing the whole self after breast cancer. So is that what that means or is it something else? For me, that's, that is what it means because, you know, the surgeon is going to in, and the oncologist, their job is to heal the body in the sense of rid it of cancer, you know, put you back together and make the part looks pretty good. But it, it doesn't heal you. Um, it doesn't heal the, I think the biggest thing people don't realize is after you've had a surgery or you've been, you know, cut open, it takes, a, the body has its own trauma. 
And it takes it like a year to just even deal with that trauma. That, that's separate from you emotionally. That's separate from all the issues you've gone through. And so it's, it's really about um, working to strengthen the body, have compassion, and really look at, hey, somebody went into this place that was really happy, and, it's, and somebody, this doctor, rooted around in there. And now it's angry in there, and it's felt trauma. And then on top mm-hmm. of it, you feel trauma. And now it's weak. Right. And now, you know, and, and especially I think if there's cancer for women, we disassociate. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it, and so we just kind of like shut down. And um, I think the biggest thing I hear with my clients is, I'm fine. Oh, I'm past it. I'm, you know, I, I don't have cancer anymore. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, and uh, I like to say that that is my first sign. You are not fine. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? We hear that a yeah. lot, too. So, Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, one of the things that I do, you know, when people say, um, they say, oh, I'm fine, you know, and I'm like, okay, tell me how you really are. <laughs> because they're not fine. But, but most of the time, they don't have a safe place to really talk about it. And most people don't want to hear all their, you know, in, in some people's mind, they're complaining about whatever, whatever. But it's a big thing. All the emotional, the physical, all that stuff is huge. Well, and for me, what I see it as is it's okay if you want to say you're fine. Um, you probably are fine in your perception, and you probably don't want to be anything but fine because guess what? You've just come through cancer. You've just come through surgeries. You've come through all of these experiences, and being fine seems safe. And it, it, it yeah. in many respects, may be a place you don't want to look at that you're not fine. But exactly. here's the reality, and that is your body is going to tell me if it's fine or not fine. And that's where the the... You know, it's, I'm a certified cancer exercise specialist and breast cancer exercise specialist, but I guess what I really look at it more as is it's a cancer movement therapy. And mm-hmm. in that is that your body will heal your heart. Your body will heal the parts of you that are disconnected. You have to just be open to that motion. And I think, again, like you said, you have to be in a safe place. And so that's really the biggest thing that I try to do for my clients is create a very safe and accepting environment so that when they walk in there, they can exhale. And Mm -hmm. as their body starts to open up and let that grief come out um, or let the body's anger, it may, you mentally and emotionally may be fine, but your body may still be angry. Um, Then, you know, you can start to reconnect with yourself. And so that's really, to me, that healing process that many women don't even know they need to do yet. Right, right. That's really true. And, you know, it's, I think it's really an interesting um, thing when we talk about healing the whole body. Sometimes people think or assume that just because they're functioning well, they're able to shut the car door like you were talking about, and they can get themselves out of bed, and they can bend over and put their own socks on, and they can do all of those things. But does that necessarily mean that they're healed, or is there something else going on in there? Well, I I think um, (laughs) for me what I would say is I would challenge every woman to say in the sense of, I think there's more than where you are. 
you can gain more range of motion. You know, I, I've had women mm-hmm. come in and be like, okay. look, my range of motion is fine. Okay. And then they work with me for three or six months, and they're like, you know what I did? I stood on my nightstand, and I was painting on the wall, and, and, and I'm like, uh, and did you fall over? They're like, I fell on my fanny, but I never would have been able to do that before. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Or get back up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, well, for me, it would like, be staying there until somebody came home. <laughs> how they're doing all these crazy things sometimes, and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm advocating this. Yeah. But um, what they so don't me, realize is how... Not I'm sorry. They are, and I think we're so busy being fine and not having cancer anymore. We're fine, right. and our lives are back to normal. It's not preoccupied with cancer treatments or the discussions about cancer or our, all of those things. We're not fighting anymore just to be alive. But right, we're we're going through the motions of normal life. But what quality are we at in that normal life? And I, I think that I, ultimately the thing. I, I see the most is as women go through and they are surviving this, that disconnection between them and their breasts or them uh, um, themselves and their, their shoulders and their back, there is a full disconnect with that quadrant of their body that betrayed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Very true. feel like yeah. that. And so, so let me ask you, you Margaret, let me just ask you a quick question because we're coming up on the first break here. So I want to ask you this, and if we don't get through this question, we'll pick it up on the other side. But for a lot of cancer patients, I think, like you said, they're just so anxious to kind of get through it that they don't take time to do these anything proactively. Is there a benefit to um, waiting till after treatment to start any any processes, or is there a bigger benefit if they start before um, before treatment ends? And I know we're going to run out of time, so let's yeah, just get I mean, it started, the and then we'll, is, we'll stop. From the moment, it, from the moment it start, from the moment you get your diagnosis, I'd say you know really start talking to somebody, because mm-hmm. the cancer exercise that we can do and the range of motion, uh, the best way I can put it is the better in shape you are before you go into any treatment, the easier and the faster you're going to heal on the backside. That and, makes sense. Um, that doesn't mean you have to go hit a gym and, you know, be lean and mean. There are certain things for cancer exercises, um, for lymphatic system exercises that you can start. And especially if you're doing chemo and radiation, all of that matters still. So That's um, true. it's not just right now. I'm post- right now I'm doing radiation and um, I don't have I'm not burning yet, but rather than wait until I start to burn, I'm putting calming lotion on, right. you know, my chest every day just because I think if I can get ahead of it, maybe I can keep it from getting as bad as it could on its own and as it has in the past on its own because I wasn't proactive. So I'm, exactly. I'm going to see if this works and I'll report back. We need to actually go out on break, Margaret. So we're, we're going to come back in just a minute. So stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. 
Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about healing your whole self after breast cancer with our guest, uh, Margaret Bryan. And uh, Margaret, let me just ask you a quick question. You know, I was diagnosed at 40 years old, and I have to admit, I felt pretty sexy and beautiful at that point in my life. You know, if I was ever to be, that was the time. And <laughs> boom, I got I got diagnosed with breast cancer, right? And it's hard to recapture that. So how does what you do really help women recapture that sexy and beautiful again? Okay, great question. Um, I think when 
you know, first of all, one of the big things that I try and help women do is acknowledge that, you know, here is this very intimate part of their body, this part of their body that for most of us, what we don't realize is how much it really does um, contribute to our how sexy we feel about ourselves beforehand. So um, in that, one of the things, we do some talking as we move. I mean, it is part of, I think, the process. Um, and you're learning to move with if you've had reconstruction or if you've not had reconstruction or even, um, you know, you're learning to move in this new body you have, right? And you're learning mm-hmm. to accept um, the body as it is physically, and in part of that, one of the things that I really try to do is then start to have them connect. And we do some imagery exercises. Um, I really try and, uh, if they're very disconnected, kind of give an identity <laughs> to that, that part of them so that they can start to connect with it. And I think one of the biggest ways that you can start to feel beautiful again is to like what's there and right. for it not to be this evil enemy anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, at some point, you really do need to embrace whatever this new body is, and and you, uh, you need to lament the fact that, yeah, it's maybe not the same as it was, but you can still, I think, feel beautiful again. It just takes some effort. You do have to work through some stuff, <laughs> for sure. And, well, Margaret, you said something I, earlier in our first segment where you were talking, or your doctor said something about, um, your your breasts will be, you know, you'll she'll rebuild them and you'll have they'll be nice breasts again, but you won't have nipples. Well, for a lot of us, and I know for many women, probably the majority, nipples are such an important part of that sexy thing, you know, because the, it they they make you feel good, and all of a sudden they're gone. And so, yeah, you might have what look like breasts, but it's kind of like having a prosthetic leg. You know, you can't feel them; it's there and it's got some function, but it fills out a bra mostly. But how do you how do you teach women to deal with that particular issue? Yeah. So I think, you know, first of all, for me, I, I can just, the first thing I would say is start with compassion. Mm-hmm. Start having compassion for yourself. You do not have to be perfect. You, you can be angry. Um, I think a lot of times as women, we deny ourselves these emotions because we want to be strong for everybody else. We want right. to make this, you know, we want a, a way of being strong for ourselves is being strong for other people. And part of it is kind of going through those ugly emotions of, you know what, I don't like the way you look. And, or I don't like what happened. And, you know, I know for me, like, my biggest tragedy going into this whole thing in the very beginning was, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my nipples. Okay, well, you know, hey, there's some benefits. What are the benefits of it? You know, I'm noticing yeah. the benefits of it are, hey, in clothes yeah. now, I don't have so many issues. You know, right. and you, have to kind of, you, you, you talk your way through it. And I, one of the biggest things that I try and talk to my clients about, as well as uh, the couples I work with, is it's okay to grieve the loss of your breasts. Be they the, lo- you know, the loss of your breasts because you didn't do reconstruction or the loss of your breasts because it's not the ones you had before and you did do reconstruction, it's okay for both of you, you and a spouse, or just you to be sad, angry, and go through those grieving steps of losing mm-hmm. your breath. Because you've exactly. lost, you have lost something, but you're not mm-hmm. going to heal from it and become happy from it if you don't go through that grief process. You can't truncate it. 
Yeah, that's good advice. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're talking about, you know, exercise and, and um, you know, kind of healing from the inside out, it sounds like, what are also the benefits for like bone density? And, and if you uh, have lymphedema, what, what how was, how does that work? Yeah, that's huge. So one of the biggest, again, I, I just, and um, one of the things I see is people don't realize that lymphedema can happen two hours after you get out of surgery or 12 years. It's right. not something that, um, you know, it, it's, there's this window for. Um, and, you know, I'm someone who, um, for me, with each surgery, I started to have more and more swelling um, and, and these little mini bouts of, like, lymphedema. And there was no real logic to it, but I knew I had to get that lymph system drainage going. So one of the cool things that I really like about what I do is, and, and this is a big, I'm letting a big secret out to the world here, is go and get yourself <laughs> a rebounder. Go and get yourself a little mini tramp, you know, at your, at your athletic store. I, I think that you can buy them for probably 50 bucks, 25 bucks. Darn, I just gave one away. Yeah. <laughs> Had it in my storage and shed for years. <laughs> you only have to bounce on it like five to ten minutes a day, and it will start your lymph system, and it will get your lymph system draining. Oh, wow. And Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's that's right there is a great thing. And you don't have to bounce up and down like a crazy person. You can just do a little bit of bouncing. But that will start it. The other thing is some places they have the vibration machines um, where you can stand on them and they vibrate. Again, that gets your lymph system draining. Um, I'll be darned. And both of those things are also very good for bone density. Uh, astronauts use the, tram- the, bound- the rebounders when they come back from space to help with bone density. It's amazing how fast it can really help with bone density, which, you know, with a lot of these treatments, they affect your bone density. And, you know, you don't want to end up with osteoporosis because here you're trying to save your life. Right. Um, so those are two really simple things you can do. Um, and like I said, 10 minutes a day on a rebounder can help with your bone density and your lymphedema. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you get your heart rate going a little. Yeah, that's true. You know, we had a guest on our show one time who's also been a, a presenter at some of our functions. And he was talking about bone density. And he said one of the easiest and quickest things you can do, and you can do it Anytime you want, especially like if you're in a stand-up meeting at work or something, if you take, you know, you stand on two legs, right, that distributes your weight equally, but if you suddenly mm-hmm. just kind of switch over to one leg and lift the other one up and just kind of wrap it around your ankle, you know, even if you have to like lean against a wall a little bit to hold yourself from falling, he says that suddenly puts all the pressure on one leg and then do it on the other side because it's your body, it's your body absorbing that shock of the sudden weight change that um, that in- inspires it to start producing more bone mass. And I thought, man, that is the simplest thing I ever heard of because we do a lot of stand-up stuff, you know? Yeah, so I definitely. thought that was pretty – so that's kind of what you're saying is that when you're doing that rebounder, you're sort of shocking your bones because every time you jump, it's – it's causing that, so I thought that yeah, was... And you don't even have to jump high. You can just, I mean, I, I have just bounce. You know, uh, clients who just can bounce a little. It's just that, that by creating that, that vibration within the body. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think that we, we forget it's the simple stuff. Our bodies want to heal themselves. We just have to help our bodies heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That point. makes sense. Yeah. So I know there's some people who have 
physical limitations that are more permanent. Um, like we have a, a, a staff member who has really serious neuropathy and, mm-hmm. you know, and some of these physical limitations are probably something we're going to have to live with for the rest of our lives. So how do you deal with, with that sort of thing? I, one of the things that I do is instead of focusing on what we can't do, we focus on what we can do. Yes. And that is one of the huge things. So definitely in my work with them, we'll try and rehabilitate and create as much strength around that area that has limitations because it's automatically going to create an imbalance in the body somewhere. So we want to make sure that we keep it as strong. We don't as strong as possible, the muscles and, and in that area. But at the same time, let's celebrate what you can do and let's make sure that we keep focusing on that because, it's a, you know, I think so often I don't know what it is about our society, but we like to beat ourselves up more than we like to support ourselves and congratulate ourselves. So true, And yeah. I really try in my work with my clients, you know, maybe the, the success is just, hey, I could, you know, I could go to a V-sit, which I couldn't do before, even though I'm having problems with neuropathy in, in my foot. But my foot mm-hmm. doesn't need, you know, it's my abs. And holy right. cow, what my abs just did is pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, you know, you know it's, it's focusing on um, those areas that can do things. And, you know, hey, I, you know, I... You know, my abs are looking pretty, pretty nice here, and it's, right. it's really a lot of um, trying to help them see what they can do. We all mm-hmm. need to see our successes. How many times in a day do you focus on what you succeeded on, or yeah. versus how many times we focus on what we didn't get done, what we didn't yeah, do that's right, very true. What we wish we could have done better? Yep. You know, and, yep. and that's. When that's all you know, you're I, focusing on, it's hard to see the good stuff. That's true. You know, I have I have a little trick I do with my to-do list. When I have a really busy day of things that I need to do, I start with my to-do list, writing the things I already did today <laughs> so I can cross them off. And there's a sense of success when you do that, and then you can keep going. Yeah. It's 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 playing tricks with your mind, but it works for me. So Yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, and, and to your point, though, then we concentrate on all the stuff we didn't get done today, right? Yeah, and, exactly. and so that's tricky, too. So, again, making sure that we um, – because I know there's so many – people who are just like they are so tired of going through this they're like I am so done right their family's done I just want to be through this and and normal again yeah exactly but but just like you mentioned the in the first segment sometimes you know we just have to go through this process there's not a fast easy way of like mourning our losses and Mm -hmm. concentrating really on the things that we have still left it takes time and effort and um, sometimes it's a little painful um, to go through that because we're so good especially when you have a big treatment planned ahead of you you know all of your attention needs to be on getting through and going to each one of those appointments and so a lot of times we stuff a lot of those emotions and that loss and all of that. And then it comes zooming back at us at the, the end of treatment. And I know that's something that we talk about a lot at Breast Friends and, and how 
you know, sometimes you just need to then process it and, you know, use exercise. In this case, it sounds like you found a wonderful way to help people process their emotions as well as kind of get some of their physical range of motion and all of those things back. And but but the reality is whether it's journaling or exercise or what other, you know, coping techniques you might have, there's not a simple way to get through it. You just need to kind of work through it. And there's no one answer for everybody. Absolutely. And I think you need to find something. We all need to find something that makes us feel empowered because cancer makes you feel like you have no control, like you have no power. And if there is just five minutes, 30 minutes, or an hour where you can feel like I'm in control, not this illness, it can be very powerful for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's, that's all we get. Um, and it's, it, can, it can be very moving to see that, no, I do have some control over some aspect of my life. Yeah, true. Um, so let me ask you a question here. Um, you know, I know that we've, we've kind of covered quite a few con, you know, topics here, but I know you talk about rediscovering yourself through movement. What does that mean to you? I, I, for me, um, first of all, I, what I see is, and I really see this more, which is ironic to me is so many people want to come and, and I think it's wonderful that they come right after, you know, I'm, I'm eight weeks out of surgery. My doctor said I can start rehabilitating. That's great. But I think the most interesting thing to me is some of the most powerful changes I see of rediscovery are actually people who are two, three, four years out. Mm -hmm. Because like you just mentioned, there's a lot more suppression of things. And that's when their spouses or they are like, "Mm, maybe now I do kind of want to connect with someone on a more human level. Like maybe I want intimacy (laughs) again. And you're at a place where you're no longer just trying to survive this illness. You're now... Mm -hmm kind of getting back to a place of, oh, quality of life is a, you start looking at different levels of quality of life at that yeah. stage. Yeah, and there is such um, a thing after cancer. Yeah, there absolutely is. But we, ha- but we have to do things to make those, to make that come to fruition. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, so, you, you know what, we're going to actually go out to break and we'll pick up the next subject on the other side of the break. So, Erin, um, I know you're going to take us out, so we'll have, we'll have a short break. We'll be back in a minute. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. 
No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We've been talking about healing your whole self after breast cancer with our guest, Margaret DeBrian. So let's just switch gears just a little bit because obviously there's so much about exercise and the physical part. But I know some people really are experiencing pain when they um, are, are uh after they've gone through their their cancer treatment and everything. So how does what you do um, help with pain management? Okay. So there's there's a, a in different ways and I think one of the things that I will I guess share is a kind of a tip I found in my journey. So first of all, it, for me, I could not take painkillers. Um, my best bet was I could do a little bit of ibuprofen. Um, and I had quite a bit of pain for two and a half years daily. And, uh, it was something that as hard as it is, uh, depending, there's various reasons for the pain. And, and, you know, and, and I think that's the first place to start is what's the cause of the pain. Um, if it's coming more surgery and it's nerve or fascia, um, and scar tissue, things of that nature, then the movement can really help. Um, it's something that can help, A, get circulation in there, but you can also, I think with the, the scar tissue and the fascia, it, you know, they're kind of like rubber bands. And so you really slow motion of stretching and, and strengthening the muscles around that area uh, can be very helpful. You also, through that exercise, you're getting... Um, you're getting circulation there, but you're, you're getting the endorphins going in your body. So you kind of can oh, see true. your own pain. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. that, but it, it does get that going. Um, and I, it's the hardest thing when you're in pain is to get up and try moving. Yeah. yeah. Um, it seems counterintuitive, doesn't it, that the movement is actually going to be probably the most helpful thing you can do. But when you can't move, it's like, really? Is there another solution? <laughs> it just seems like, ah, I don't think I'm going to do that. So well, how do you get yourself going that, when you're feeling like that? Yeah. 
And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I really um, and, and recommend is, um, you know, keep in mind there's new things out there. There's naturopathic things out there. For me, one of the biggest things that was a help to me was I did cryotherapy. Um, oh, what is that? Cryotherapy. Tell us about that. I'm sorry? Tell us about that. What's cryotherapy? So cryotherapy, which for um, if you're in the north, you're going to probably not like it, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Cryotherapy is you go and you get um, <clears throat> in what's called a cryosauna for three minutes, and uh, it goes to about minus 90 degrees Celsius, but it is a dry Ooh. cold. And um, it goes really I fast. I saw that on Shark I Tank. I did. Yeah. I, saw, I saw that yeah, on Shark exactly. Tank. There was that's some the, people that's trying exactly to what I'm talking about. spa. Yeah, okay. I wondered if maybe that's what you meant. Really? So you <laughs> Okay, keep no. going. <laughs> Here's the cool thing about it is it helps your body create natural endorphins and it's a systemic response and so what it does is it creates anti-inflammatory molecules that helps your the inflammation in your body reduce. People who have the kind of the aches from chemo um it, it seems to do wonders for um really it, it can, uh, I can tell you after surgery, it's amazing with inflammation. And you can literally, as long as you don't have a tube hanging out of you, you can get in there three days after surgery. So, wow. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing, um, especially when it comes to swelling. So where do you, you find it? Where do you find implants. a cryotherapy um, machine? Because on Shark Tank, they said they're like $50,000 to buy one. So where do you go yeah, I'm not recommending you that. buy one. <laughs> there are plenty What's of that? businesses all over the country. Okay, yeah. I've never seen it advertised here locally in Portland. Sharon, have you? No, you know, but but I I was just thinking about an exercise that we did one time um, in a a workshop that I did. And they talked about um, having, um, just taking a, a quick cold shower. You know, um, like a 30 second, you know, like cold, cold shower. Um, Does that help? (laughs) Well, well, I mean, it's kind of, it's a, it's a very mild form of that. Um, You know, but for some people it can. Another thing, and again, this is something that I do do with some of my clients um, is, uh, and you know, and again, you can look this up on, uh, you know, throughout Pinterest, you can look it up. It's, it's uh, called tapping. And there are different parts of your body. If you tap, it can really help with pain and it can help with relaxation. So for some of my clients, I do do the tapping, um, especially if we're doing something and there's a part of their body and they, they start to go, it hurts. Well, you know, one of the things I really try and do is, so tell me about the hurt. What does the pain look like? Is it a pain that you feel like you're pulling something? Is it a scary pain? That's how we start to talk through it. And I think, you know, again, it sounds funny. The more you kind of talk to the pain, sometimes it eases the pain because right. all of a sudden you're so busy focusing on, well, what kind of pain is it? Hmm. Pain, you know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by tapping? When you say tapping, you're just like tapping a body with a hand? What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so These are new. Me, this is and new, this new to me. for me um, a very helpful one. Uh, there were two places. Uh, one of the really... Um, your solar plexus or your sternum area is a, a really common spot. And so I would just take my fingers and I tap my sternum. And even now I'm doing it while we're talking. And it automatically just starts to relax everything in my breast area. And 
the other place, another place is your collarbone. And when I tap my collarbone, for me, it kind of relaxes from the shoulder on down into my breast. And, um, you know, when the pain's really, I'll tell you, I came out of a mastectomy with no painkillers. When that anesthesia wore off, I was, I was cold. I was, I was there without any drugs. And, yeah, the mm, tapping was, wow. even, even though I was just out of surgery, that tapping was a lifesaver. So just a light tapping, just kind of, mm-hmm. it's almost, I'm sitting here doing it right now while I'm <laughs> while we're talking. Yeah. And I can kind of see what you mean because it, it focuses your energy there instead of on something else that you're maybe thinking about. To me, it's kind of like when I get a really bad headache. Some people will go bury themselves under the covers. and But if I do that, all I'm thinking about is that headache. But if I turn on TV on a low volume and I actually can get myself engrossed in what yeah. I'm hearing, it takes my mind off the headache, and I can't do both at the same time. So I, there are I find it. Yeah, there's, if you and, and I'm serious. I mean, um, if you go to Pinterest, there's a whole big thing on tapping. It shows you the different parts of your body that you can tap, um, and you can kind of play with that. Um, there's trigger point releases that you know. There's a place in my hand that I do as a trigger point release, and that release it just makes my body relax instantly. And it's between uh-huh. you know my my pinky and the next finger, like up there in the joint area. You just I really recommend looking at some of those things and doing the relaxation exercises, and don't push yourself and in, to do stuff. You know, if move, get moving, but you don't have to be all crazy about it. Right, right. That's good to hear. So, so is this what you mean by your body is talking to us? Yes. Your body okay. is telling you, I want to let go of this. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things that I do with my clients is I look at their shoulders. And what's really interesting to me is typically women will have one shoulder um, that kind of curves in more depending on their surgeries and what they've had. And that's usually where they're holding that tension. And yeah. their body's talking to me, or the shoulder may come up a little. And that oh. tells me there's the tension in there, and that's really the part of their body that needs to release that emotion. And so I'm not going to put a lot of heavy weight stuff there. We're going to start working through there um, and trying to get that to relax. Uh, and we get it to relax through movement. And it may be pulling through the lat muscles in their back and things like that. But that's usually once it starts to, we start to work with that tighter side, the tears mm-hmm. will start to flow. And it's okay. Aww. It's a release of energy. It's a that's release awesome. of energy. That's all it is. Yeah. Wow. When you can bring someone to tears doing that, then you know you've really, you've really made a difference. You've touched something wow. deep inside. That's amazing. So that's you're actually cool. working through the pain both physically and emotionally when you're doing this sort of work. Yes. Wow. My right sh- shoulder is higher than my left shoulder. And I had a nurse ask me recently, so what are you holding on to? And I thought that was because I, I didn't know what she was even talking about. And she's the one that pointed out that my right shoulder is higher than my left shoulder. So I've actually been trying to um, do some exercises, just like rotating my shoulders, you know, right, left, right, left, whatever, just anything to get movement in there. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. them to level off. <laughs> but what I don't know is, is my left shoulder too low or is my right shoulder too high? You know, what's what? where is it supposed to be? <laughs> And that's one of the things where I really recommend, uh, you know, a Pilates instructor is going to look for the imbalances. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things that um, I would say don't do slow motion. Look, in, you know, and just kind of like 
you know, you know, we're so used to looking in the mirror. Leave the mirror alone. I do not have any mirrors in my Pilates studio. Um, because oh, I, want I love that. To, I want <laughs> you to feel the motion. I want you to feel what's going on in your body. I don't want you to see it. I want you to feel it because okay. you'll know when it lets go. Um, yeah. One of the things that I really like to do uh, that, that throws people for a loop is um, I ask them what they're feeling. So when they're moving, it's not how are you doing, it's what are you feeling. Oh. And, yeah, and that's that's good. A, it's a hard one for us to acknowledge. So as mm-hmm. you're working on your shoulder, start focusing on what are you feeling? What am I feeling in there? Am I feeling it come up? Am I feeling it relax? And take the motions slowly. Because the faster you do them, the more you're the, the frog that's hopping from lily pad to lily pad, still not dealing. But if you take it slow, you're going to get your feet wet, and you're going to have to, it's going to come to you. Let your body speak to you. Okay. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, so, we've got a couple minutes left um, for this conversation before we have to do our sign-off. But um, I wanted so, to make sure we got to the, the self-esteem that's part. That's what I was going to say. Oh, good, <laughs> yes, good, good, yes. good. Because, I was going to um, type it to you, Sharon, but I decided perfect. I'll just, because <laughs> we'll just, I think that's important. So Yeah, so tell us how exercise can really, you know, touch our self-esteem. To me, there's a couple of real quick ways. First of all, it will enable you to see what you can do. It will enable you to feel powerful. And I think one of the biggest things that happens with self-esteem is we, we don't feel like we have power. We don't feel good about ourselves. As you move and you see your strength and you see those accomplishments, that will help your self-esteem. As you move and rediscover this new body and learn to identify with it as beautiful, that will help your self-esteem. Accepting that this is your new body and it's beautiful is important. Um, And I'm a big believer in words of affirmation. I make, as we're doing Pilates, like as I'm doing the rehabilitation work with my cancer clients, I have them do mantras and do little, um, make, you know, we'll be doing uh, an exercise and while I'm counting how many reps, the whole time, you know, they're going to say eight times over, I am beautiful and I am strong. I am beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That's great. I love that. That's wonderful. Well, listen, we are pretty much out of time. So before we go off the air, tell us real quickly if, if anyone wants to work with you, because I know that you've also received some certification as a um, sex counselor and you do this Pilates. Thing. What, how can people reach you if they want to talk to you more about what you do? Yeah, so um, besides doing the cancer exercise therapy movement, I also am a sex coach who specializes in cancer and sex. Uh, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is via email. Okay. Um, and my email is uh, simply uh, Margaret, and it's M-A-R-G-R-E-T. Mm-hmm. at cryobp.com and that's C-R-Y-O B as in boy P as in Paul dot com and just okay. beware Margaret is not spelled the traditional way that's why I spelled yep. that. yeah. <laughs> yeah I had to fix that a couple times as we were uh, submitting this <laughs> yeah. from online so you know but we, the we are out of time is, Margaret Mar- Margaret we are out of time I'm so sorry we do have to no. wrap this up <laughs> 
So we just want to let all of our listeners know this broadcast will be replayed tonight at 10 p.m. Pacific, and it's also going to be on our archives in about an hour. So feel free to tune back in and listen to it that way. And then just remember, we will be back here next week. And until then, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.